Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, uh, it's time for the podcaster, uh, you know, that, that's like a, a, a butterfly, uh, instead of in the sky, a butterfly that sits and rests and sighs, uh, and then a sleepy sigh. It's time for Sleep With Me, patron, the podcast that puts you to sleep that you make possible. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's a thoughts feelings of physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, uh, shifts in your work schedule or your routine, you know, stuff on your mind, stuff going on with your body or your feelings, uh, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to distract you from that. That's I'm going to have a safe place here where you could say, huh, yeah, this doesn't feel, this feels pretty nice. Uh, Let me have a seat here. Wow, I can relax. Uh, how are you going to do it, Scoots? Uh, well, I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up with my... I'm going to say stuff that doesn't... Like that. Uh, we say, are those wor- Those are like words. You think we've invented words for what those are? Word fragments, uh, word spillage. Uh, what were they? Get? Yeah, word spillage. What's, what's it when you talk when your mouth's full of cereal? That's like a cereal spill. Don't do it, by the way, because uh, what is that called though? When it uh, dribbles, word dribbles. I don't think we've. Uh, here's a question too: Can you dribble a word? Of course you can. Uh, maybe I don't know, but. Uh, First of all, like, uh, I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to send my voice across to you, long and creaky dulcet tones. Oh, I'm here to keep you company. If you're new, uh, let me just welcome you in and kind of tell you a few things. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're trying the show out. Uh, see how it goes. That's the thing every regular listener says, is it takes two or three tries because my voice has creaky dulcet tones or to some people, creaky something else tones. And uh, pointless meanders, I think everybody agrees on that. Every review, you see, you're really unifying, uh, yeah, the cranky spirit of people. I'm here to decrankify, right, Uh, with whatever the other, with my word spillage. Uh, It's it's kind of the opposite of common sense. I spill words. uh, Yeah, we'll get back to that because I think there's like a lot of absorbent things we I could probably make a metaphor about. Uh, but for you, the new listener, if if you are new, yeah, don't try to make a whole lot of sense of it. The show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it free. Then we have an intro, which we've just started. And the intro is about 12 minutes. It's really like a part of the podcast. Uh, it's a part of a lot of most listeners' wind-down routine. They put this on. The intro lasts about 12 minutes I really don't get to a point uh, because who would want a point in bed? I mean, right? Point for me. 
in no points of order in bed and no pointy things. Uh, I think that I, I'm not sure, sure of this, but they say, well, why are our fingers just shaped with that shape, which you'd say is a U, I would say it's a U shape or a cur, you know, a half circle. And I'm sure lots of like people that know stuff would say, well, because of this and opposable thumb finger, you know, duh. I'd say, no, no, no. It's because you no pointy stuff in bed. You'd say you can point with your finger, but it's not really pointy. And you say, oh, don't, and also don't point any, no pointing in bed. Unless you say, I love you. Even if it's in the mirror, which I do, you know, before when I get in bed, I say, actually, I don't do that. I may start doing that tonight, though. And I say, love you, Scoots. And then part of me would say, actually, my name's Drew. Actually, my name's Andrew. And then another part of me would say, well, I'm Andy. And then I'd say, good luck, Scoots. Uh, and they say, well, well who, who's that? Who, who's doing the, and I say, that's the inner cheerleader, our inner pointer. Here's the thing, and I'm not kidding, I really do have, I, I think I need to, uh, uh, whatever the opposite of call is, uh, and I guess this would be a little bit of a pun, but I need to hone my inner pointer sister, because that's what I could probably, probably save that for the morning, though, when I wake up and I'd say, well, if I've honed my inner pointer sister, my inner pointer sister would be ready to go. And I'd say, then I would be pointing in the mirror and I'd be jumping for my love. Uh, and I'd, you know, jump in to my floor and start my day. But most of the time, I, I haven't got to that point in my life yet. Also, I think I was making a point about not getting to the point for new listeners. That's how the intro goes. So some listeners fall asleep during the intro. A lot of listeners as part of their wind-down routine. A few percentage points of listeners skip the intro, go right to the story, which is around the 18-minute point or so usually. So that's the structure. Oh, no, that's the intro. That's the structure. The The intro is unstructured. Actually, it is it's, it's structured, but uh, it's modular. I move it around. And there's not a lot of rules uh, with the intro or the podcast. You don't need to listen to me. I think you've already figured that out. Though sometimes I do have pro-am tips, like no pointing in bed, no no pointers, uh, any teachers, you know, leave your pointers in the classroom. Any pointer dogs, you know, those ones I'd say probably depends on your whatever your dog bed policy is. And I'd say, you know, pointer sisters, sure. Uh, I mean, uh, like, uh, you know, that's dependent on your relationship status with a pointer sister or not. Inner pointer sisters, or sure, give them a little, give yourself a little hug. That's what I do. And they say, I'm going to hone you like pointer sister. I'm going to, I'm going to milk that uh, pun for all it's worth uh, that I accidentally, because I originally I thought I was going to call you, but that's just because I didn't know what the word call meant for a little while. Uh, but okay. So, oh, so if I'm trying to focus, it's hard when I'm, my attention split between the other parts of me. That's like a crew. Inside of me, I have a whole crew. That's probably a generous way to describe it. A motley crew might be another way to describe it. But they said, wait a second, we got an inner, inner pointer sister in here? And then they said, oh, yeah. And then they, they're all dancing now. Like, uh, also, pointer sisters uh, are 80s. Uh, just look it up. You'll be happy you did. Yeah, you, probably on YouTube, you'll say, Scoots, it, it hasn't been this good since... Uh, 
Diana Ross was at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I said, "Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was great too." Okay, so where was I? Oh, structure of show. So the um, intro is it takes about twelve minutes, uh, and it's a basically a slow start to a slow podcast. I don't know why it made me laugh because it's just true. But uh, then uh, there's tonight we'll, we'll have a story. It'll be a bit, it'll be. A, like, I don't even know yet. It's going to be one of those ones where I say, huh, what are we going to do a story about tonight? So that'll be fun. In between the story and the intro are some, is some business. Then at the end of the show are some thank yous. So it's a structure show. You don't need to listen. But there's also no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the podcast is about an hour is I'm here to keep you company while you drift off. Uh, to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake, uh, whatever the other stuff I thought I was going to talk about. Uh, but then I started thinking about this whole concept of pointers in bed. I think that's a pretty good policy. So, um, yeah, that's a structure show. No no real rules other than you don't have to listen to me, but there's also no pressure to fall asleep. Uh, the reason I make the show is because I've been there. Like I said, sometimes I make jokes about these different aspects of my personality. But for a lot of you, you might be able to relate to it. Maybe not directly, but uh, that as soon as you, like, uh, turn out the lights, you get comfortable. Uh, these other parts of your, uh, whoever you are, is start speaking up. And maybe they're not, you know, not. it's not always as good, sweet as, uh, you know, someone dancing. They say, well, by the way, you know, and they want to do a run-through about today or... or Think about what's coming up next week. Uh, and I'm here to take your mind off that, to, to tell you a story or to paint you a picture uh, that you can just listen to. Uh, and ideally, uh, you know, I'll be there and you'll float away gently into sleep. Uh, but even if you can't, I got you. I'm going to be here all the way to the end. You could listen to 299 other episodes back to back to back if you need to. Because uh, I really, truly believe you, you deserve a good night's sleep. And, uh, you know, when I, I don't know. It's just I know how frustrating it can be, how L-O-N-L-E-Y it can feel. And, uh, that, you know, that's it. That's why I make the show. And uh, I don't know. What was that other stuff I was thinking about before pointers came up? Uh, said Once you get that, laser pointers would be another thing. Now, here's the thing. Okay, we're, we're all... Uh, Maybe before, like as part of your wind down routine. I'm just trying to just trying to make a, I guess like I'm not making an excuse. Whatever that is, where you say you probably could have a laser pointer in bed. I mean, don't shine, you know, but it might be nice to shine it on your ceiling as you like, especially if you have a cat, uh, or you, which you, if you have a pointer dog in bed. But I don't know if that would be good for like. Is there a way to use a laser pointer in a slow, soothing motion? Uh, or watching a cat, that might be too much cuteness, uh, like chase a laser pointer around your room at bedtime. But that could be part of your wind-down routine. Maybe that's, here's the thing, if you and your cat have been going, have a relationship blues, and you say, you know what, you, we used to play so much, uh, man, now it just feels like uh, I'm with a roommate that doesn't really care for my presence uh, unless I'm there to feed them. Maybe this could reinvigorate your relationship. It could be part of your bedtime routine during the intro. 
I wish I had a sleep with me cat laser pointer to sell because, but go get one at the 99 cent store. And maybe as you listen to the intro, your cat's chasing the laser pointer around. Now, ideally your cat, I mean, I think most cats can calm right back down and go to sleep. Uh, but maybe that extra cuteness, uh, that's another level of distraction, a tactile one. I'm just picturing, I guess I'm distracted, I might be the first person distracted by an imaginary cat distracted by a laser pointer. Though a cat is more focused by a laser pointer uh, and trying to get it and and say, uh, I'm going to put my paws over it or whatever. I mean, I guess I wonder what the cat says. The cat says, okay, never before have I seen a, a bright red uh, forest friend that I like to consume. But now that's all I can think about. It's like, uh, what are those hot candies called? Red Hots? Uh, I don't think cats have ever had those or should, but they say, wow, there's a floating neon hot. Uh, I got to have that. I got to hold it. Uh, or maybe it's just like, that thing's getting on my nerves. Can we stop with the laser? But the cats just seem like they're having fun. So I don't know, maybe think about it, maybe try it out, you know, mix up the relationship a little. Also, see if you could shine it on the tip of your cat's tail, just to see what your cat would do. Though cats are harder to do that with, uh, not unless your cat's going to actually get it, but more to see, like, uh, it's cute when a cat's, uh, like, is that my tail doing that? Uh, what, what did I, uh, what did I get a, like, uh, did I get a laser tail? Maybe that's a good name for a cat. Anyway, I'm here to help. I'm here to take your mind off stuff. I'm here to keep you company. Uh, because, uh, like I already said, uh, I think, I truly believe, I work very hard, I yearn and I strive, uh, because you deserve a good night's sleep, all right? And I really appreciate you coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. All right, everybody, I'm sitting here, uh, and it's been a while since we've done one of these uh, trending, because we've, tr- we've struggled to find things to trend. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a straight-up sit-down, and let's do a trending uh, episode. And so I went back to, we're going to do a friending uh, fritter episode, a friending fr- fretlist episode, and we're going to use an old fish set list, not super old, from uh, the beginning of their bacon, Baker's Dozen run uh, in July of last year. Yeah, we'll use the uh, set list from their first Baker's Dozen show, which I'll explain in a second, uh, from uh, July 21st, 2017. And we'll use that for the trends, since that's a little bit, it's still not perfect, you know, it's got song titles in there, but... Uh, yeah, Fish uh, did uh, in July and August of 2017, they did 13, not back-to-back shows, but over uh, a little bit of a, almost back-to-back-to-back, I think over two or three weeks, uh, well, I guess it would have had to been over three weeks, um, they did 13 shows with uh, 13 concerts, uh, Fish is a band, uh, uh, and uh, they did uh, 13 concerts, they didn't repeat a song over those 13 shows. Uh, but even if you're not a fan, uh, this will just be the, uh, the, the set list. Uh, uh, so yeah, but then I was thinking of, uh, what would I do? What would we do a set list? Like, what's the latest story that's been on my mind? And I said, Scooch, remember when, uh, 
there was a, didn't you have a character uh, the, the bunny that wanted to be a mermaid and i've been thinking about the popularity of people that have rabbits and bunnies as pets uh and I was thinking of this other story, uh, and I think it was the bunny that wanted to be a mermaid. And I, I don't know if that episode came out in, like, 2014. I don't even really re- I remember it was a bunny that wanted to be a mermaid, maybe a fan of The Little Mermaid. Uh, but this was one where uh, there's another character, uh, the daddy... It's a friend that lives in in people's houses uh, with legs that are long, and it's a daddy. Now, that that actually character went to live with an owl, within the owl. It started to live within the owl uh, in the big farm in the sky. And this owl just happened to be named Danny with an I. And this is a story I've been waiting to tell. It's the owl named Danny. In the the afternoon, the owl named Danny and the uh, bunny that wanted to be a mermaid watched a TV. And uh, it was Danny and Bunny, and uh, they they said uh, it was their fan. Like uh, the the owl, uh, I think I don't know if the, I think the owl just lived there in in, in the house. This my memory, you know, it's not perfect. But uh, what was the owl's name again? I already forgot. Danny was the owl's name, of course, and Bunny. That makes it hard to remember those scoots. Well, we'll we'll get through it. Uh, uh, but they had uh, they, they were living in this house. No one knew the owl lived there. You know, the owl was a resident. In the, you know, in the rafters and the eaves. Uh, but the, you know, it was a co co. Uh, the, the owl, you know, did a good job. It just it also appreciated the people when they lied in bed. They loved hearing the owls who at night. And this owl just happened to be uh, diurnal. I think it was one. Uh, Maybe it was nocturnal. Is diurnal means both times, right? I don't know. This owl was nice uh, and social. It was a so, it was one of the few social owls uh, that I know about because I don't know a lot of owls. You know, I know butterfly. You know, I know other characters. And so this bunny and the owl struck up a friendship over time. Uh, but you know, the owl was usually sleeping. I guess that was my point. But then the bunny, as the bunny. Um, Reach the bunny started it was also a little bit nocturnal. That's what it was. That's how they struck up their friendship. It was uh, in the in the deep dark night, uh, and usually they'd be quiet because all the humans were around, and they were both conscientious. So they would kind of keep their conversations to body language only, or whatever. But then uh, the family went on a, a vacation, and they left the bunny. Now they had someone coming by to take care of the bunny. Uh, twice a day, uh, but it, over time, the bunny and, and Danny the owl they they got to know each other, but uh, not super well. And so then, in like one of their favorite things to do was to watch the humans, uh, whether they were awake or asleep, or they would replay what they had seen. Uh, like I think they really viewed humans like is uh, a form of enter- passive entertainment, like watching humans. I mean, sometimes the bunny. Uh, would get played with. I think if you know people playing with the rabbits on like Constance. I, I know a couple of people here that have rabbits. So, they, but uh, so they would like fill each other in at night sometimes and be like they were jumping in the leaf. They would rake the leaves together. The owl would say this, uh, 
and they would just talk about it. And then they, they were like, they'd say, well, did you see the face the kid was making? It was the kid was saying, uh, chim chimini, chim chimini, chim chim cheree over and over again while they were sleeping. Uh, or then the bunny stood, the owl said, well, that's interesting. And then the bunny started telling the owl about movies and TV. I don't know if you've ever seen an owl flying around on the inside of a house, uh, but uh, even for it's not easy for an owl, even when there's no humans home. So usually, you know, if the humans were gone, they didn't really know how long they would be gone for. So the owl wasn't like hanging in the living room where the bunny could. Uh, so, but then the bunny started telling. So the, like the, the, the owl, I think you know where I'm going. The bunny started telling Danny about TV and movies and how you could watch even more, you could almost watch humans whenever you wanted, and the stuff they do, and the non-anthropomorphized uh, other things that, you know, humans, you know, they like their own likeness. Uh, now, what they didn't realize at first, uh, which was good for them, was that uh, the ca- the cable was shut off. These people had uh, stopped using, they were using antenna TV in a combination of streaming services, uh, like your good old friend Scoots. And so, uh, the, let's see, there, it was like a bit of a to-do. I don't want to take up too much time, but, you know, they did have to figure out between the two of them, uh, getting the TV on. Now, the bunny had watched enough to kind of have a general idea, uh, you know, even more than most house guests. Because, you know, when someone comes over to your house and, uh, I mean, a lot of people still have, actually, I don't know if I've ever been anywhere where it's straightforward how to turn the friggin' TV on. It's always, uh, and they've gotten better. Like, the remote I have is unbelievable, but as soon as I moved, uh, I changed some setting on it, so now I can't, but, uh, so it's even hard for me to explain. Uh, but so, I, I think that's a pretty universal experience. You go somewhere and there's, like, four remotes, uh, especially if it's, like, an Airbnb. At least at Airbnb, you feel comfortable lifting, just pressing all the buttons on all the remotes until it works. But even in a hotel room, which only has one remote and a TV and no other systems, uh, you see, usually, here's a couple of things that come up for me, not to change the subject from this great, amazing story, uh, but you press the power button and it doesn't go out. And so then you say, well, do the batteries work? Then you might press the TV button or the cable button. And then you might move, you you do the thumb roll with the batteries. Then you take the batteries out. You say, oh, the batteries worked. It was just the wrong button. Or you say, am I the only one that checks into a hotel room and the battery, like, the like is that it just happened to me or is that my imagination? Like when he's checking in, they say, okay, uh, well, let me just check. They say, Mr. Ackerman, let me just check him back first with the manager. And they say, hey, Jerry, you got any, how many rooms we got by, how many rooms did you give out the room by the ice machine in the elevator, it, the one with the dead batteries? Nope, we still got it. We got it safe for, uh, well, Mr. Ackerman's here. Put him in that room. The one with the, the, well, we have two, actually. The one with the vibrate, the one with the loose metal on the uh, ice machine. Give him that one. Oh, is that the same room we gave two doors down to those kids that are uh, that uh, the parents don't uh, like keep them? Yep, that's the one. Mr. Ackerman, great news. We, your room's ready. Oh, great. Terrific. I can't wait to get up there and take my shoes off. Uh, okay, that's uh, there you go. So that's a little behind the scenes. Day in the life of Scoots. 
Uh, but so these two, they figured out how to turn the TV on. You know, it's, you know, you've seen Thumper. And so if you can thump, you can also press. Uh, and the owl has a beak and very hyper-intelligent. Uh, and then the owl, of course, got the middle, like, the middle seat on the couch. And the bunny was like, okay, this is how we do it. We press that button. It goes on. You got to wait a second. Uh, and then you just keep pressing up and down. And then sometimes you stop and watch something. That's how they do it. Uh, unless they had something else in mind. So they started uh, switching through the channels. Now, this was through the digital antenna. And they happened to live, like, I don't want to give out their location, but they happened to live in a very, they were really lucky. They lived, I don't know if it was near Chicago or Buffalo or Detroit or uh, maybe Seattle, I don't know. No, Seattle probably not, but uh, they happen to live somewhere where not only was there a great United States urban coverage, but there was also Canadian coverage. So their digital lineup was just stacked, and, and uh, I don't exactly sure what channel they started on, but it started with a game show. And the owl said, who, who, who's this? And uh, they, they said, uh, Eartha, Eartha Katara uh, is he? I'm here. Welcome to another episode of uh, Shake Your Coconuts, uh, the only game show uh, where you shake your coconuts. Uh, and and uh, we mean actual coconuts. And the owl said, what do they do? What, is this a contest where they just shake coconuts? Uh, and the bunny said, no, no, no. What they do, and they, they watched it. I guess the bunny was a bit of a narrator. It said they shake coconuts while doing other things. Otherwise, it would be terribly boring. Uh, so they have to shake the coconuts. The coconuts, they have actually, believe it or not, it's low-tech. They're actual real coconuts. Uh but there is a, a tiny microphone in, in a motion detector inside the coconut to make sure the coconut water is always swishing. And uh, that's what Eartha said. You know, if you don't shake it, uh, bing, uh, the coconut, you know, the coconut, there's a big red sign of a frowning coconut with, uh, like, steam coming off its head. And they said, you can't let the coconut juice go sour. And then the crowd would say, don't let the coconut juice go sour. So keep shaking. So they have different stages. You know, they have a quiz stage, uh, just like uh, Trivial Warfare. That's what my buddy Jonathan said. Uh, he, he has a podcast called Trivial Warfare. And they do a trivia thing. And you'd be, be surprised, like, how hard it is. And actually they add in, of course, one. you start with one coconut. Uh, then in the double coconut round, you have two then in a triple points round, you have three. And then in the, the, the quadruple points round, you have four. And, you know, the, it's one of those things where a person can gain a pretty good lead because if you, if you get buzzed out each round, now each round, you can't get buzzed out for all four rounds. And each round is progressively shorter. Uh, Rob has a podcast. They do. A, they used to do a Shake Your Coconuts recap of, of the show. But I think once Shake Your Coconuts went off the air, it was only on the air for like uh, four weeks or something. 
but the bunny and, 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 and Danny just happened to catch it. So that was the quiz portion. You'd be shaking, and then you'd try to answer questions, and uh, your questions actually would get progressively. I think in the second round, they were the hardest. Uh, so it would go medium questions or really hard questions. And then the third round, it was also interesting, like, where are you going to put that third coconut? Between your knees, you'd have to jump up and down, or your thighs, but you also have to hold the coconuts. Uh, armpit is a good the spoiler. Well, the show's not on the air anymore. Armpit's a good one. You have to do side to side motion, which, if it's a visual clue or something, makes it a little bit harder. You can try to hold all three. And also, they de- definitely measure your hands. So they make sure no matter what hand size you have, uh, they try to make sure that the coconuts are of a fair diameter. And so that was a, like, so that's the first round. Then there's a balance round uh, where, you know, like a little bit like an episode of, of, of our favorite TV show, Survivor, where you might have to go on a balance beam and you're having to shake a coconut and maybe carry an egg or something. Of course, like, it's like not, this is a, also if El, if we want to relaunch this and Ellen wants to host it or The Rock, I know they're both pretty busy, but, uh, with their own game shows, but just an idea. Like, uh, I think just with a few tweaks, uh, we could get this show off the ground. So there's, you know, different balancing competitions. Uh, then believe it or not. Now this one is where I think why it went off the air, but it's still, I think a good thing is there's a talent show competition. Now, one of the things is that, uh, with each, I think, uh, like, yeah, this was where the rules were more amorphous. Because uh, it was like you were supposed to do something involving talent. Uh, and it was supposed to last four minutes. And each minute you'd get an extra coconut uh, to, to have to shake while you were doing your talent show. And the idea was to get through your thing. But obviously people would watch the show. I think they, they would have been able to be prepared or it was just some things like someone would do how to cook something, you know, some people do dancing, but then you get somebody who's like, oh, I play the piano or the violin. Uh, and it, it's a difference. It's very entertaining. But again, it was like a little bit like a gong show moment. And I think it was meant to be like, maybe they should have used that in a, like an initial, like maybe they should have gone for what's that show called? Uh, I don't know who, I think Wayne Brady hosts it now. It's where people dress up and then they say, you could pick between this little box or this gigantic box. Not pressure luck. I mean, that's obviously the best game show or Jokers, like those ones. But uh, I don't know what it's called, but it has a famous name. And, and it's like, a, it's like we, we, a different, ver- it was on like, a, it was a, it got reinvented a few times. I mean, remember when you were sick from school when they finally invented that game show channel, which I don't think exists anymore. But so they watched this episode of uh, Shaker Coconuts, and it was really, really uh, entertaining for them. Uh, until the game, until the, and even the um, talent show portion lost them. Because uh, it was just hard with the person with the violin it wasn't sounding very good. So that's when the owl tapped its beak and, and up to the channel. And this one was an old movie. Oh, so famous that it fell out. You know, that it's not available anymore. 
except on, you know, digital channel 36-7. Uh, from This was, in, I think, maybe out of Toronto or Winnipeg or something. Uh, so, they, like, U.S., it's hard to track this one down. Uh, and also, it's like a, a little bit of a, um, uh, what do you call that, uh, imitation of a famous couple of Pixar movies. Uh, actually, like, uh, and it's called uh, Martian, M-O-N-S-T-R-S. It's, uh, and it was about uh, two characters like uh, Sully, was it Sully Mike? Uh, who's the dude with one eye? Uh, who's It's Mike Sullivan, so it's not Sully and Mike. Uh, I'll think of it. Oh, uh, Krasowski, Mike Krasowski, Mike Sullivan. Uh so, uh, but I think it is Sully and Mike. Maybe it is Mike Krasowski. Uh, but these characters uh, were very similar, but they were from another world. So it was very similar in a plot of that movie. Uh, but it was actually maybe not because it was they did maybe it was a new new nouveau black and white movie. Hopefully it'll be on Mystery Science Theater. If I don't know if you've seen The Gauntlet yet, but do yourself a favor and watch the new season. Really a bunch of hero, you know, heroes and heroines on that show to me. Uh, but so they did a movie. They were watching the movie, and it was a bit like Mystery Science Theater, but with a, a real owl and a real bunny. I guess that were sentient also, which, I mean, I guess he's a bit like Mystery, but they were real. And they were watching this movie... And again, it was a instead of it being uh, two world, two parallel worlds. This was they came from outer space uh, to Earth. Maybe it was the origin. I guess it was the origin story. And then they found a ripple in time. I think it might have had wrinkle in time elements to it. Uh, maybe they went through a wardrobe, uh, but very quickly. Uh, they changed the channel on that one because they said, what is this? And one was furry. And, uh, I don't know, it just didn't catch It wasn't the kind of TV that an owl and uh, I think because they like the more human stuff because that's what their gig is. Uh, they like watching humans because uh, we're dopey. And, boy, did they get it on the next one because the next one was uh, like the logging channel. Again, coming across the border from a great, maple, you know, great country with maple leaf and a handsome prime minister, whose name, you know, who also reminds me, makes me want to read Doonesbury. I say, let me get, give me some Doonesbury. Holy, give me a Doonesbury, and uh, you know, you know, and then a, a prom picture of Justin uh, looking sharp. But so th- this was this was this show is called Timber. It was hosted by a character, Jerry the Mule, uh, but it was really just a logging competition. It was on the logging competition, and this was like a, a timber show, which actually was interesting because it was like uh, who could get their timber to carry further uh, was part of the show. So they would say, you know, timber and uh I don't know, this just changed the subject because the show is really like it said, okay, you want me to watch 22 minutes of people yelling? And they said, I don't know, this is a uh, state-sponsored channel, so it's 30 minutes. I said, I'd, ra- I'd prefer 30 minutes of yodeling if you have it. Uh, but so I used to, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before. This is a big part of my childhood. 
And I'm not trying to claim anything, but I'm about a thousand percent sure if I if I didn't invent this, one of my siblings did, but I'm pretty sure I did. And we used to, or maybe it's a universal child's game. It's called Chop Chop Timber. And anyone could play it, though if you're an adult, uh, you know, make sure to supervise your area first. You do it in your bed, or you could do it on the side of a pool. But usually we only did it in bed because it was uh, probably when my parents were supposed to be asleep. Uh, but what you do is you stand at the head or the foot of your bed, make sure you're tall, you know, you're short enough that your bed is longer than you are. And ideally, if you could perch on a headboard or footboard, not that kids should do that because you shouldn't. And then what you do is you take your hand flat and you you go into your belly or your middle and you say chop, 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 uh, uh, timber. And then you do kind of like a version of a trust fall into your bed. And you could chop your siblings. And this is a more, actually a, always was a gentle, fun game. And that's all you do over and over again for our chop, chop. Usually we just do chop, chop, timber. That's what we called it. And I think because these two, uh, maybe they lived in my world, they started playing it with one another. And unfortunately, if this was on YouTube, I'd be a billionaire because it was the cutest thing you ever saw. A bunny and an owl playing chop, chop, timber, a game maybe I invented uh, on a couch, uh, holding mackerel, and they were playing with one another. And this owl was so beautiful, holy, like it's snowy, but gray, with uh, uh, like these ebony flecks, uh, beautiful, beautiful owl. And this cute, cute bunny, which was kind of the reverse pattern of the uh, owl, uh, play, man, and these floppy ears, uh, such a cute beak. They're also here while I'm recording, listening to me. That's also why I'm complimenting them so much. Then there was a show, and it was a mass show, because they, maybe they got to one of the public stations. Uh, and the show started off a bit like it was a contact, which I'll talk about. Uh, but the kids could go five, fifty, five. Uh, and it was a show about loving math. Uh, now, contact was the reason, was the answer, was the moment everything happens. That was a science show. It, this was a math show. And then to, to actually, it was like, uh, uh, I think it was hosted by the great Allie Ward. But even though she's into science, uh, maybe like uh, in uh, it was like kids doing stuff with math. And it kind of blew the, the uh, bunny in the owl's mind. Uh, uh, but they were more surprised at the kids' reactions when they said, Mass could do that. Uh, I don't know. During that, during this part of the story, I tuned out because I'm, uh, I have my own mass issues. But my favorite part of that show was when the kids all said, Five, fifty, five. What a moment. Uh, then they got to a channel. They didn't know it was not a show, it was an infomercial about a, 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 like an automated pigtail maker. And it was called the Pigtail's Pigtail. And what was cute about it was it was it looked like a pig's tail. In the holder, it came with a piggy bank uh, holder for this corkscrew thing. So you'd stick it in the pig when you were done. And actually, they even had a thing where the pig goes googly, googly, goo. Uh... And I think it was, you know, just a little bit unfocused as far as the item, probably just good around the holidays. 
don't know if anybody likes the idea of like that it's a pigtail. I think that's probably fallen out of f- favor. So if the piggy bank was full of money or something, the kids would be happy. But yeah, it was an ad for that. Uh, but they kind of more saw it as this uh, ritual where everybody was doing one another's hair. And they would laugh at the, when the pig went googly, googly, goo. Uh, and they were also a little bit perplexed because they're only a bunny and an owl. They didn't realize that it was like an electronics thing. They knew the pig wasn't real. Uh, but it was cool because it was like, you know, do your friends. Start your own hair salon. Uh, and, you know, the bunny was actually stroking the bunny's ears. And then uh, also the bunny would every, every once in a while, like to, to make a point, like flop its ears over on the uh but it was like, huh, I wonder what that would feel like, this corkscrew around my giant floppy ears that are so cute. Uh, so that was quite a moment. Uh, uh, then they went to another channel, which was another kind of, uh, this was a serial, a bit like Buck Rogers, I think from the 50s. I think this was like one of these high number digital dash channels. So like 55-24 or something. And these are the channels where the real miracles happen. And this one was a serial show that went on, I think it was in the 30s or the 40s or the 50s or the 20s. And it was a, it had like a bunch of episodes. They were short. I think they were part of like newsreels or some other thing and they repurposed. Uh, so they were only four minute serial episodes uh, of uh, this adventure. Uh, with Celia uh, Argenbach, uh, she was a she was a female astronaut, uh, along with Lars Niner, and uh, again, it, like uh, they had uh, made they had only made it halfway to the moon. That was a serial thing, and they discovered. So maybe it was before we got to the moon. They discovered that between the Earth and the Moon, there's a whole world of adventures. Uh, you know, why, like even trying to get halfway to the Moon. Uh, but of course, the series started with them stuck. You know, they were on a trip to the Moon. You think? I guess it was a joint United States to Sweden thing. And uh, they got stuck halfway to the Moon, and then they lost contact uh, with Houston or whatever. Or, uh, I don't know, whatever, beautiful, healthy city, Stockholm or something. And uh, they said, we cannot re- we're halfway to the moon. Uh, that was it. And uh, they uh, had, it was every every week uh, or every whenever it came out. But this one, since it was 22 minutes, you got to watch like six episodes. You know, so they met like the star people and uh, they said, you got to help us get to the moon. And then uh, I think it was what was interesting is that really they had to get back. They did have a refueling thing at the moon, which was why they had to get to the moon. To re- but then it was always like, do you want to go back? But then, of course, they uncover a whole conspiracy. I guess it was like a lot like Buck Rogers uh, or Fat Flash Gordon, where they realize there's a whole hierarchical world out there of human-like beings that aren't human like in, I think in a future season they go inside the moon, because uh, the dark side of the moon to try to get out to the light side of the moon where their stuff is. Uh, so they realize those people it could bounce around. Every episode was like a total cliffhanger. 
it, and it was actually advanced. Like, I don't know if they knew about dark matter at the time. There was the quarks, uh, which were actually like a musical, like a, like a, a culture of space beings, uh, that were musical, like a rock band. And so they only did that. So that was halfway to the moon. Really great show. If you could catch it anywhere. Uh, then there was this comedy show called Reba, which was, you know, everybody knows that show, but it was a great, like, it was a, like a show based on Reba. I mean, what else do you say? It was a variety, Reba's variety show. Uh, it might have been known as. Uh, now, somehow, like, it got produced by CBC, and uh, we were, we in the U.S. were deprived of ever seeing any episodes of Reba. Uh, but it had, you know, Reba singing, Reba doing comedy, holy cow, dramatic readings, uh, guest stars, uh, like huge celebrities. I mean, I, so fa- so many famous people are obviously Reba fans. Also, I'm talking about Reba McIntyre, just in case anybody's like, uh, you mean Reba from, down, you know, next door? She's got a show. No, no, no. Reba McIntyre. Just Reba, though, is fine with me. Uh, like touring around, uh, helping people. That's always the best part. Each episode had its own arc. Uh, so a bit like, uh, what was that? Uh, like with a hee-haw type of Muppet. The Muppets were on, guests on Reba. And, you know, they're singing new songs together. Reba would cover songs, even pop songs. Uh, call, you, if you haven't heard Reba sing Call Me Maybe... Uh, with Carly Rae, then you haven't lived, uh, unless it's a Megan Trainor song. And they, they, the three of them sang that together. And it was a comedy sequence. Uh, so it was also a skit uh, where they were singing the song straightforward. Uh, and it was based on that people don't know what telephones are. It was, oh, this is, you know, I could look in the bunny in the, um, who was the other one? No, I'm just kidding. I, I know. You're both watching me record. Must be like a TV show to you, too. Oh, you're sleeping now. So that was a great one. It, then again, there's a lot of sci-fi on these higher digital channels. Uh, this one was called Moon Age Daydream, uh, which was, I guess, pretty much like Sleep With Me, but if it took place on like uh, on the moon... And this one was a very 70s, so holy or 60s, I don't even know, Psychedelic City. Uh, because they'd say, you're going to have a, that was the thing, they'd say, you're going to have a Moon Age Daydream, man. And uh, it was like, uh, if uh, what was that show called, like Time Quake or uh, Quicksilver, where you travel in time, uh, Quantum Leap was one of them. Halfway to an Angel, I think it was another one called, like, uh, this was a 60s, 70s version of it, uh, where the Moon Age Daydream, and again, I don't really like these musical numbers, but this was another musical-based show where you'd have a Moon Age Daydream, and there was talking moons. I don't know if it was the Puffin Stuff person, whoever does that kind of stuff, but it was a bit like that. And... Funny, but not so. This one, if you this again, if this was on YouTube, also I'd be a star. Uh, or I guess the bunny and the because that bunny and the owl they found it hysterical. 
you know, because people would be climbing into the mouth of the moon, then they'd be floating in rainbows, uh, then they'd ride a unicorn, and they'd be like, oh, why was I so grouchy when I, like, and then they'd learn to bring their grandmother soup. That was like the thing they needed to learn how to do. Like, I, I don't realize, I didn't realize how selfish I could be. Uh, then it was an educational show, Walls of the Cave, Walls of the Cave, which was basically uh, uh, really great stuff. I mean, this is a show I could watch. Because uh, you say, well, how many episodes? What do you do? Cave paintings? No, no. Cave, you do, in any caves, they go in and they talk about the walls. That's just the conceit. I mean, they would talk about where the caves were, how to visit the caves, if the caves, you know, what was the geology the natural history, uh, answer, you know, answer, like, uh, like not just the cave paintings, but what else? Uh, they also had present-day things. Could we live in a cave right now? They covered everything. They would even have, you know, cave-based. Uh, it was just a great, great show, uh, Walls of the Cave. Uh, should win awards. Uh, it definitely had to be a visual show. I'd say, well, could there be a Walls of a Cave podcast? Probably not, because... You mean, you say you haven't seen stalactites and stalagmites until uh, you've seen the ones that grow out of the walls. And walls, in quotes, of course, it covers the ceilings and the floors. And then there was another infomercial about a tweezer. And this was tweezer, the only tweezer you'll ever, the last tweezer you'll ever buy. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, it's because it comes with something to wear it around your neck. Uh, it's a tweezer. It's a pendant. Tweezer, the only tweezer you'll ever buy. And I wanted to say, look what's in the freezer, Uncle Ebenezer, but, uh, uh, and if you had a tweezer in the fridge, it would be cold or the freezer. Uh, but, uh, you just uh, kind of like, uh, I mean, they did, and they, and then of course you, they would try to upsell you. They'd say the sparkling tweezer, sparkling edition, tweezer in ruby colors, uh, you know, just nineteen ninety five plus shipping, uh, like for for the silver tweezer. But a good idea. I just don't know that. Uh, like, uh, if you're not in a business involving tweezing, they think a tweezer is a once a quarter thing. Where you, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, you'd say, like, uh, well, holy cow, where's my tweezer? You say probably in a drawer in the bathroom or in your travel kit. Or at the store, because you got to go buy another one. And then they'd say, but it was like a little bit of a, a thing. Like, it was funny, just because they'd say, where's my tweezer? Uh, that was the one of the line. And they'd say, tweezer, tweezer, tweezer. Uh, then there was a show called Seven Below, which was a team, believe it or not. It was a, like, again, this was a Canadian show. And it was about a, a team of, uh, like, uh, elite uh, um, uh, snow fort builders, uh, a bit like the great, you know, great baking shows or the great Christmas, you know, all these shows that have to make everything a competition. What's that show with the, with the British dudes and the cars and stuff? A bit like that, too. Because it started, I think, again, the conceit was, like, who's going to build the best snow fort and then have teams... Uh, but then it was like, you know, who could, what's the best way? What's that show? Myth, a, bit, a bit of myth, If they could get a Mythbusters team out there or X Factor, was that what? No, that wasn't the show. But uh, Top top Gear, 
but this was all in the snow in, in Canada in the cold. Uh, so snowblow, he'd say, let's supersize a snowblower. And they'd say, you know, make it seven below. And they'd say, actually, here in, uh, you know, northern Thunder Bay, it's always seven below. That would be, and actually, like, they had a good, great Paul Schaefer cameo on there. So this is just another one. Uh, then they had a show, Billy Breathes. That was a show for uh, pre-toddlers or something. Last show I saw, like, a bit like Teletubbies, uh, uh, but a lot of it just, uh, like, of uh, kids just breathing and looking at things floating around with simple music. I think just to get your kid, you know, they say, hey, are you crying? Let's watch Billy Breathes uh, uh, and sing softly. Uh, then there was a great, uh, the, one of the great, uh, most famous Canadian soap operas you've never seen, again, because they won't give the rights up, uh, based on Hollywood. So a Canadian interpret, soap opera interpretation of Hollywood called Sparkle. And, oh boy, they, they do it, they nail it, uh, really good, uh. We just picture the best soap opera and melodrama you've ever seen, and they didn't add an A to the end of it, uh, but put it in Hollywood. Really, really good show. Uh, and a bit more because it was uh, like uh, made in this era. I don't know. It's somewhere between your regular daytime soaps and a mel- like a like a like a more modern, uh, you know, uh, cable soap. Or even a Darren Star show, you know, show maybe. So that was a good one. Uh, then a show about positivity uh, called Everything's Right. Uh, and that's actually a United States show, believe it or not. Uh, I think it's only, you know, of course it's only out there in the digital spectrum. Uh, but it's uh, about a couple of people, uh, younger people. And they tour the country finding stuff that people are doing right. And they say everything's right. Uh, it's all about esteem building, positivity, catching people doing things right. Is, is that simple? They'd like show up at kids' school. They'd be like, We're, we've been told Bernice uh, has been buying uh, lunches uh, for her classmates. Uh, we're going to surprise Bernice and catch her doing something right. Yeah, so everything right, really just a classic, classic show. I mean, uh, uh, then they had the Traffic Light Show, which was a show uh, about, uh, like, uh, for for kind of toddlers, a body awareness, a steam-building motion show, where you basically play games like Mother May I. Simon says, with the TV, uh, you know, or green light, yeah, green light, red light, uh even hide and seek, which was kind of uh, like a, a, a pretend play, but it was fun watching um, the bunny and the owl do that. Uh, and uh, yeah, combined with everything's right, and then this show, really good way for parents to watch TV with their kids, uh, with their toddlers. Watch all these everything right, be catching people doing positive things. And then uh, the traffic light show. Then there was, uh, you know, the Canadian Ellen. I'm sure you've heard of Susie Greenberg, a uh, uh, beloved Canadian star. Uh, and she kind of took the genre like Ellen show and then made it, combined it with the judge type shows. 
uh, and then took the Canadian positivity and mixed it in. So it's like a, a show with celebrities or people pitching projects or other famous guests, uh, and then two people having a disagreement, and uh, Susie and the guests all help resolve things. Uh, and, you know, talk about, geez, what happened on the set? Uh, or here's here's something to jump out of a box, you know. So really, classic, classic show. Everybody's heard of Susie Greenberg. Then uh, a cooking show, which just happened to be strange. I think it might have been on the same channel, Coconut. Uh, and uh, it's just a show with, uh, I think it's by the co- Coconut Oil or whatever lobby. was using coconuts for different things. Maybe they sponsor both those shows. You know, a coconut cream cake, or uh, you know, co- you know, all sorts of different dishes with coconuts. Uh, it's done different exotic locales, uh, so they have a travel segment, and I think they probably have a teaser from Shake Your Coconuts. Uh, uh, so that was another show. Like uh, I don't know, they those two really enjoyed it. I think their mouths were watering. I don't think either one of them can eat coconuts either. Uh, then there's a back again, this is, they were watching it a lot of the TV during the day or late at night. Uh, but this is another one called the mango song. Uh, and that's again, like a, a kid's show about, uh, the mango, you know, the mango song, you sing along, you feel so good deep down, you're strong. Uh, like, uh, and, you know, they, they also, they, it, it's like, a. It's one of those shows that really has gotten, you know, some of a rap for pushing the limit because it talks about hard things for kids, empowering your parents to talk to their kids about it, and has songs about it. Uh, so you read the lyrics to Mango Song, you say, whoa, it's about, uh, you know, some other stuff. And you say, oh, okay, well, I, now I have the ability or at least a moment to share with my child and say, hey, I talked about this. Uh, even simple stuff like finances. Anything a kid would, uh, the Mango song has a song about it in a segment. You say, well, why, uh, you know, what, what's gasoline? What's climate change? You know, and they say, well, uh, you know, I think they even did one. My friend said the earth's flat. Uh, and they, what was the name of the song they did from that? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, but it was just a really enjoyable song, show, show, uh, and then the, the Canadian, uh, famous Canadian news program, now getting consumed more and more in the U.S., good times, bad times, uh, where uh, they report the good news first, uh, then the not-so-great, then just regular news. Uh, uh, but really it's called good times, bad times, more good times, uh, but they just call it good times, bad times. Because uh, then they report even more good news after that, uh, and then they report empowering, like self-care. You know where the self-care movement started? Good times. Uh, and usually, like, uh, they do shout-outs to the Good Times TV shows. They have, like, every show has a random dance party. You think, we say, this is a new show. Yeah, at some point during the 30-minute broadcast, uh, and they have in-studio musical guests, uh, disco balls, yeah, it's a classic. Good times, uh, good times, good times. Basically, uh, and yeah, that's like a, you. Could, that's like actually one of the shows I like to sleep to. Get in bed, 
with my bunny, Mal, perched above me. Well, and then they go and do stuff, and I, I, I go off, and I get in bed, and I go to sleep. Uh, good night.